This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Kia ora and welcome to the Pet Podcast. Pet is a dark and humorous short story collection that explores our relationships with children, lovers and other animals. The stories in this collection were written by Catherine Van Beek. In episode 8, The Trapeze Artist, a woman has a sparkling new career opportunity. Read by Shireen Shah. Simon hated the circus. I'd seen the red and white tent being set up on the strip of land between the motorway and the sea. I'd already stopped work, and I was huge, bored and uncomfortable. Simon thought the excitement might bring the baby on. I said bring it on. I said for nine months I haven't had a glass of Pinot Noir or a chunk of ripe gooey cheese. I'm going to the circus. The big top was near the supermarket and we needed milk. But once we were inside, I forgot my suburban responsibilities. My favourite acts were the strong man and the trapeze artist. The strong man had a waxed moustache and muscled arms. He had rich brown hair and deep black eyes. When he bent a steel pipe in half and winked at the audience, I was sure he was winking at me. Trixie, the trapeze artist, soared effortlessly above our heads, making me feel more physically grounded than ever before, trapped in my seat beneath the weight of the baby. I longed to have my body back. I longed to dress it up in sequins and twist it through the air. I longed to point my toes and fling my head, feel my hair streaming over spangled shoulders. I'll learn the trapeze when the baby's out, I decided. Simon was pleased to be home, and I was pleased to have his help hauling me up the front steps. I'd like to join the circus, I said. Simon looked at me. I could tell he wanted to ask if I'd be the elephant. I'd like to be a trapeze artist, I said. I did ballet for twelve years, you know. Simon just patted my hand. Tracy, the trapeze artist, doesn't have much of a ring to it, he said. We had a cup of tea and a pash in the nursery. Simon had painted the walls and hung happy tangerine pom-poms from the roof. I'd made a little quilt for the cot. We stayed up too late, marvelling at our handiwork and at each other. I dreamt about Trixie falling from the top of the marquee and woke up in agony. Simon clung to the duvet. Are you sure it's not Braxton Hicks, he said. I answered with a primal moan, and he got me into the car. We barely made it to the hospital in time. With the baby coming early, and the midwife running late, my plans went out the window. There was no time for drugs. So I imagined the strong man cheering me on. Come on, Tracy, he urged. Come on, come on. The baby came out limp and confused in less than an hour. The midwife rubbed it vigorously to revive it. When she returned her attention to me, her face went white. She had to do all kinds of things to stop the bleeding. It was four hours before I held the baby and looked into its little red eyes. The baby lay in my lounge its chintzy accessories out of place in my mid-century decor. I fed it, burped it, bathed it, changed it, tried to put it to sleep, 
responded when it cried, I did everything required. I asked Simon if I could have Saturday off. I lay on the bed all day, looking up at the pattern slowly turning on the ceiling. Simon made me dinner in bed as a treat. I hope you're well rested, he said. I hope those stitches heal soon. He brushed my hair from my forehead and kissed my brow. Aren't you a clever girl, he said. Now we've got everything we wanted. Simon found me scrubbing the bathtub and humming to myself. It's five in the morning, he said. I know, I said, but I got up to feed the baby and I feel so energised now. I feel as though I'm finally over that crummy berth and everything's going to be fine. Good, said Simon. He got up too, and I made him a special early breakfast before he left for work. Afterwards, as I did the dishes, I stared at the jewel-like colours in the bubbles. With one swish of the brush, the bubbles increased in size and looked like amethysts. With another swish, they shrank to the size of caviar and turned into emeralds. Swish, swish, swish. I was definitely being watched. Each way I turned, I saw the flash of something disappearing from the corner of my eye. It watched me hang out the washing. It watched me watch TV. I wasn't sure if it was friendly or malevolent. Even by the end of the day, after I'd accidentally broken the handle off my teacup and sliced my thumb on the sharp china edge, I wasn't sure. I peered at my reflection, checking that the face peering back was actually mine. We're watching you, said the strong man. I glanced in the mirror and saw the empty bathroom behind me. We're watching you, he said again. You promised us, he said. I opened all the bathroom cupboards and looked in all the rooms of the house. He wasn't there. Simon was upset about the parcels. At first I'd been able to cover my tracks. I said it was things for the baby. But then he read the bank statements. He opened the packages, revealing garment after garment. Leotards with mesh cutouts and sparkling trim. Velvet bodysuits with low scoop backs. Headdresses adorned with feathers. Simon threw them all on the floor and cancelled the credit card. You need a reality check, he said. I asked him if my face looked different. He tilted my jaw up under the light and looked closely. Well, you have been through a lot lately, he said. The strong man told me to put on a leotard and start practising. You won't become Tracy, trapeze artist, without trying, he said. I put the baby in the corner and stretched for hours every day in the lounge. The sun bounced off my sequins and sent colours refracting around the room. I was a prism. I knew Simon wouldn't like it, so I changed back before he got home each day. But I couldn't resist showing off. Look what I can do, I said to him one evening. I stood in the middle of the lounge in my pyjamas and did the splits. Simon looked concerned. Then he looked up at the clock. I rocked the baby... I folded the washing, I checked the mail, but all morning the question raced through my head. 
Why did you look at the clock, Simon? Why did you look at the clock? What happened to the clock? asked Simon. You should know, I said. The strong man told me that Simon had put a camera in it, so I'd smashed it up. I knew there were other cameras in the house set up to catch me making a mistake so they could take the baby away. Simon sat beside me on the couch. The baby wasn't latching on and it was making a mess. Simon looked at me with blank, soulless, crocodile eyes. Your milk's gone green, he said. I don't think you should feed the baby, he said. The pink sunrise shone through Simon's hair onto his scalp, making him look old and bald, and not like my Simon. Will you be okay, he asked. Of course, I said. He touched me with his cold, papery hands and I recoiled. He looked hurt. Love you, he said. I answered the door in my favourite red leotard. Who are you, I asked. It's Simon, he said. I know you're not Simon because he's got a key, I said. The door was bolted from the inside, he said. Why are you wearing that? When I let him in, he looked at the smashed phone, the smashed laptop and the smashed TV. He ran into the nursery and picked up the baby. The baby looked at me with its little demonic animal face. Kill him, it said. It's nice in here, isn't it, said Simon. I nodded. It was hard to really know where I was. A lady handed the baby to me. Isn't it nice you can have your baby in here with you, she said. I felt very far away, as though I wasn't there. Lovely outlook, said Simon. I looked outside. A big striped red and white tent was going up in the park across the road. Do you want anything? asked Simon. I want my leotard, I said. Simon looked at the lady and she nodded. Okay, he said. I felt much better once I had my leotard on. I didn't feel like stretching, but I liked watching the coloured light bounce off the sequins and around the walls when I shifted on the bed. I turned slightly from side to side for hours, watching the colours drift around the room. Ladies and gentlemen, said the ringmaster. Was I being summoned? I stood up. Could it be? A cheer went up from the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, said the ringmaster, introducing Tracy Trapeze. Come on, Tracy, said the strong man. I smashed the window and climbed through the glass, away from the baby towards the tent, towards my destiny. The Pet Podcast was written by Catherine Van Beek and produced at ORFM, Autopoti Dunedin. Music is by Jolin Mulholland. The intros and outros are read by me, Tina Turntables. Thank you to Creative New Zealand and New Zealand On Air for making this podcast possible. You can listen again and find further episodes of Pet at ORFM. That's oar.org.nz.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.